live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I knew all along that I was. I had a vote of confidence from Shad. And uh, as we went into the process, we had a plan. And it, there was no timetable to, to announce the next head coach. We went into it with a very open mind. We had a process that we were going to go through. We stuck to it, and at the end of the day, it was about getting it right. And we truly believe we got it right with Doug, and have no no doubt about it. You know what's crazy about that, Trent Bulky and Shotcon? I think they did get it right uh, with Doug Peterson. How we got here, that's another story. Uh, but uh, hopefully they did get it right. And uh, we talk more about Trent Bulky, Shotcon, and also Doug Peterson, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, for the remainder of the show, all the way up until 6 o'clock and much of the week, as we turn this thing forward, player acquisition, the combine, all this other stuff now uh, that must take place with the Jacksonville Jaguars having a coach in place to turn this franchise around. But for a moment, we take them time out to play a little golf, and we bring in Jared Rice, executive director of the Players' Championship, just a month away. We are here at TPC Sawgrass. Thanks for having us out for media day. Um, Austin's jealous, <laughs> I as guess. he should be. He should be. Uh, so uh, maybe next time I told him he can hack up the course. But the uh, course looks unbelievable. Obviously, we had kind of a chilly day out there. But I kind of like that in a way because that's what you can get in March. You can have all four seasons. We don't really have four seasons around here. But you can have four seasons in, uh, in one week at the Players' Championship. Well, uh, today, and hopefully you can hear me okay. You can, yeah, okay, good, good. good. Um, I'm a good engineer over here. Uh, listen, I know you're working all the all the dials, and I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm good to go. No. Uh, well, today we certainly had at least a third season, probably pushing uh, pushing, pushing winter out here. Bit. But um, glad you all can make it, and uh, the course is in fantastic shape. And um, I think it's days like this when, uh, when we all get out there and, and have a greater appreciation for just how good our players are. <laughs> yes, I, don't, do. I don't know how else yes. I can say it. I said that, actually. Casey played for the first time, okay. and I said that to him. It's the beauty of this course. You feel like you hit a good shot, and you might need to hit a recovery shot, even though you took a good swing and you thought it was good and you missed by a yard. I appreciate that about this course. Of course, those guys are way better at the recovery shots uh, than we are. Uh, big news today, John Rahm. Uh, he's committed, uh, along with Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama, and I expect this to be a start of a long list of commits to make it the best field in golf. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as you as you look back um, over the course of the last dozen years, and probably even uh, before that, the, <laughs> you know, just a, a, as much as the the event continues to, to elevate in its status and stature in the golf world, um, you start to see how our our players are talking about uh, what it means to win. Um, and I'm getting to the to the to the field in a second, but you think about um, just the magnitude for Justin last year. Uh, the comment about how he's learned to play the course a little bit, and you saw that on his tee shots on 16 yeah. and 18 to bring it home. Um, his ball, you know, his, his iron play on Sunday was unbelievable. Rory said very much the same thing in his in his winners press conference. He said, you know, when I was a, when I was a younger player, I was probably a little bit immature tournament yeah. week. Um, his words. Yes, he and, did say um, he said, I've learned to play the course um, over the last few years and led to his win. You're hearing that more from our top players. Uh, you look at John Rahm, you just mentioned world number one. Um, 
you know, not, not going to go out on a limb and say maybe someone to keep your eye on, but he's played really well here uh, in in uh, 21 and uh, and then in 19. So he's, uh, you know, he's someone to keep an eye on. But, I, I, again, I put him in that kind of category yeah. of, of learning how to play. And Matsuyama obviously had a great start on Thursday of 2020. Um, and, and Brooks has always been, uh, you know, at or near the leaderboard when healthy. Yeah, so. Brooks winning this would be kind of neat. We were talking about it out there on the course today. That would be kind of cool uh, for golf. I mean, all the sooner or later, it seems like all the big guns end up winning this tournament. Uh, it's it's that prestigious of a tournament. It means that much to them. But I like what you said about that. There is a maturity of the golfer usually at this golf course. Rom could be the next in line because Rom, I think it was 19, where he was coming down the stretch and yes. he had a chance. Yep. And, and yep. He, you could tell he got flustered, right? And so um, that maturity that you talk about could be a difference. Uh, here we are a few years later uh, for him. So. Uh, this is, is lining up like we all love it to be, right? And you too. I mean, we know that the field will be great. Uh, we know the play will be great. We know there will be drama. We know the course will be great. Uh, we found that out today. Um, <laughs> uh, how's everything else coming? I mean, is this, is this, I asked you this, I think, before. I think we're a step back toward normalcy, even though yeah. we're not fully normal even as a world still. Right. But That's it true. does feel a little bit more like... Uh, I guess the old players' championship meeting, like a few years ago, the old players' championship. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yes, uh, we're, we're certainly feeling that as well. Now, again, having gone through what uh, we did in 2020, uh, what we were preparing for, based on a you know a, a day of news flying at us um, on that on that uh, Thursday in, in 2020. Obviously, 2021, we were 20 percent of what we normally would be, and that was a difficult thing for us to plan for. Not only just the um, operationally how. Uh, you know, people had to behave in health and health and safety standards, but uh, you know, again, you you have ten best friends, pick two. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's, that's hard tough. for us because um, yeah. that's not how we're wired, right? Yeah. We want this community to be fully engaged. If you can attend, you can watch. If you can't watch, you can follow on social. If you can't do any of those. Hopefully you're you're volunteering um, or hosting a party or working the hospitality. I mean this is this is our time to uh, show the world how great this community is, and um, we're doing that when we're in a normal operating environment. And while we'll obviously um, you know CDC guidance and and uh, being very focused on what the environment is at the time is going to ultimately what ruse the day. We feel pretty pretty positive about uh, what you what you call a return to normal. Jared Rice, executive director of the Players Championship. We're live at TPC Sawgrass Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. A month away uh, from the Players Championship. Uh, listen, there's so many. I, I actually Casey played today, and he hasn't been out here as much. And I love uh, he's back there producing now. He made it back. Um, and I love being able to almost now I'm like a veteran of this thing, right? I've been around 14 years. I'm like, hey, this used to be like this or it used to be like this. I've seen all the changes. And I even said it. He'll, he'll be he's a witness. I said, it's awesome that they change things up. They continually try to get better. They're trying to do some different things. What's the underbelly of those conversations uh, for you guys as a staff? Is it going to be noticeable or are there subtle things that you guys have done, are doing? Um, whereas in past years, sometimes there's something that jumps right out you uh, as a fan coming in here. I think it's probably going to be a subtlety. It's going to be a combination of you know, little things roll up to, to big changes. Um, so you just said it's been three years since we had a normal event. Yeah, that's different in itself. That, that's different in and of itself and what we're preparing for. So you know, part of our discussion here is reminding the community of that. Um, you know, plan ahead. Uh, be thinking about what days you want to come out and when you want to come out. Breaking news: uh, Friday between 12 and 2, and Saturday between you're laughing already is is, is going to be busy out here. Yeah. Um, think about your parking yeah, plan. Think, think about your parking plan. This sounds like okay, yeah, yeah. 
but it makes a big difference. Parking passes are digital this year, so we've previously been hard credentialed. Now it's going to be digital, so you have to buy it in advance, put it in your wallet, be ready. It's only going to help you get in quicker, and your your, your colleagues and uh, you know fellow residents doing the same thing will get everyone in and through quicker. Um, you know, a lot more. I'm holding a mobile phone, you know, a lot more mobile device, contactless purchasing, uh, 33,000 square foot fan shop, which is the biggest it's ever been, Uh, more custom t-shirt designs and uh, local vendors being involved. Uh, We have our return to our kids policy where um, adults are able to bring up to two kids 15 and under uh, for free with that, uh, with that adult ticket. That means we're working with Nemours Children's Health um, for our kids zone area, working with Wolfson's uh, for the family care suite. And again, I'm just giving you a few examples of remembering, hey, those, those benefits are out here. Um, we're doing them to attract a more diverse audience uh, that is representative of our community. So we're doing these types of things to um, make this event the, the best in golf. And that's what we expect. Do you, you guys have done a good job with the messaging from, from the parking to some of these other things. Do you yeah. think uh, uh, after a while, whether it's two, three, four years of it, how long does that take? And <laughs> is there a little bit of a reset button? I, I mean, I know this a little bit like... Yeah probably has a feel sometimes that uh, it's a little bit like telling your nine-year-old kid to do something. <laughs> well, I've got a 15 and a 12, so I can tell you it, it definitely feels... No, I'm kidding. Um, is, you know, I, again, I think this year, maybe more so than ever, um, it, it is just kind of the step back for all of us and be thinking about your week. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're, uh, if I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm accurate in this, is that uh, we're the week before St. John's County and Duval uh, spring break. You're right about that. Um, you know, Wednesday's early release in, in St. John's County. So be thinking about, okay, Tuesday night, we have obviously, you know, Tuesday all day is, is military appreciation. That's a kickoff Wednesday. Um, kind of one of those quiet, like, awesome days to come out yeah. and, and get really close to the players and grab some autographs and, and see how they're going into final preparations. Um, you know, competitions days kind of speak for themselves, and everyone's got their traditions. But, um, you know, even just you know, considering where you're going to go, what times you're going to come out, kind of plan your way around. Uh, you know, you can eat your way around the golf course yeah, out here and, and, and be thinking about, um, you know, again, kind of getting back to your routines and, and, and seeing friends and obviously seeing some great golf. All right, let's uh, leave it. When is the announcement for Tuesday and military appreciation? Um, you can expect that tomorrow. So, oh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so, so check that out. Um, as you would probably suspect, uh, procuring talent in this environment has been has been yeah. challenging, but we're really, really excited about this act and I uh, think the community will be too. Yeah. So big things coming on Tuesday. That talent, by the way, is excited about getting back out too. Like yes. You'll see an energy from them because still for some folks, right, some musicians, oh, de- this is definitely. still new, getting back out on the road and yeah. there's a renewed energy for them. So yeah. um, we'll look forward to that tomorrow. Pay attention to it. All right, Jared Rice, Executive Director of the Players' Championship. Good luck with the rest of it, man. Thanks. We we'll talk to you it. soon. Thanks for having us out here at the TPC Sawgrass and We look forward to a month from now, and we'll continue to spread the word. Parking, plan your week. You know the drill. Get your phones ready. Line it all up for uh, the best week in Jacksonville here at the Players' Championship for Bonavidra. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that's Jared Rice, everybody, executive director of the Players' Championship. Let's bring you back in here, Austin Lane. And, by the way, Casey, you can too because uh, if you want a winner, for the Players' Championship, just ask Brent Martineau. There it is. Uh, two weeks in a row. Luke List, Brent Martineau picked him. This week, Tom Hoagie, Brent Martineau picked him. If I had put $100 on each guy, I'd be $11,000 richer. Mm. Do you believe that? Jared can't even believe it. That really happened, Jared. I picked the winner the last two weeks. Scared money don't make pick. money. 
<laughs> yeah, you might want to come from. I don't understand. This was crazy, man. You believe? Casey can't believe it. Like Austin, you might not be able to believe it. Casey really can't believe it. Yeah. And he doesn't like it either. I can tell you that. Furious. Upset. Listen. The last thing I'm going to do is give Brent Martin no credit for anything other yeah. than taking me with him today. Thanks for letting me golf, Brent. Appreciate it. There um, it is. But it's a heck of an accomplishment. I'll tell you what. What, playing Sawgrass? No, not that. Oh, oh, Picking two, oh, oh. Well, that is an accomplishment. No, it's an accomplishment itself. That's something to put on the resume. Picking two straight winners that were not even close to favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Now, rumor has it, though, somebody in here picked like three or four of the head coaches where they were going to land. That's correct? what I heard. That's what Rumor I heard. Has it. That's what I heard. Oh, do do really? we have those receipts, Brent? That's what I heard. Uh, Let's go to the auditor. I can get them. Can we talk a little bit more about the golf for a moment, though? That's uh, cool because we, we got some AW news to talk about, too, so keep talking about golf. That's good. Uh, by the way, Casey, what do you think, man? How was your first experience? Good. Had a good time. Uh, you know, hit some really bad ones. Lost quite a few golf balls. <laughs> but at the end of the day, hit a few good ones. And made it on the green, 17. Pretty happy with that. Oh, dude. you made it on the green? Yeah, bro. There's a video, too. Like, there's proof I did it. Right, Brent? You were recording? Yeah. Yes. Were you, were you hitting, from, hitting from the ladies' tees or the, the men's tees? Uh, unconfirmed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. But but I was out there with a the golf club, and I hit the ball. Nice. Landed. Pretty happy. I hit a ball between two trees. That was pretty cool. Um, and I think I made three straight fives at one point uh, on the scorecard. Yeah. Not too bad. I also made three straight eights. But yeah. the fives, man. though, you know what I'm saying? That's all about the fives, man. So they balance out. So it's all about some $5 footlongs. I see you, Casey. But, yeah, I had good good time, good experience. Nice. Um, I bet it was. The, by the way, 17, you, uh, Austin, I'll, I'll tweet it out in a little bit. It comes with a, an F-bomb. Of course it does. Oh, I made it on the green. You, it, oh, I would have dropped all the F-bombs. Yeah. So now, you, so now you, you didn't get banned from the course when you said that? Like. Okay, no so this is actually kind of funny. I wasn't sure how to react, so I wasn't... Brent doesn't even know this yet. I was downstairs looking for Brent to help him set up before coming here. Yeah. And when we were playing 17, there was, like, some people that were watching us, but they weren't playing. Like, I don't know who they were. Okay. One guy worked at the at the TPC, then there was two other people. So I was looking <laughs> for Brent, and I was trying to go outside, and this guy walks up to me, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. He's like, I saw you play 17 out there. I say, yeah. And then I realized that I screamed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, I guess I got a little excited. He goes, I would too, son. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Old school dude, give me some props. Yeah. So, awesome. so was a, it was like the F bomb with like a tiger fist pump or like to take <laughs> yes, us through yes, it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's like exactly that. it. I like that. Mm-hmm. that I like was that a lot. Exactly it. Like, I like that. Wait till you see it, man. I was like, I know. So unexpected. Yeah. I know, Casey. I know it what it's so all about. Unexpected. I didn't I did not expect to see it. It was like so funny. Um and it came on the heels of like Marcel on sixteen. He knocked in a putt from like twenty oh, that's feet. Right, yeah. yeah. And so we had like two really good moments back to back in the round. Um, so uh, I'll give you your chance to talk AEW to counterbalance our golf, but I, I seriously asked this question outside of bragging a little bit more about the Hoagie and List picks because I'm actually beating myself up for now not putting any money on it. Yeah. Because I seriously, I think if I put $100 on Luke List to win, I would have won six grand that week. That was two weeks ago. This week, I think Hoagie was f- plus 5000 So 100 bucks would have netted me 5000 So that's 11000 on $200 worth of bets. So I should really be mad at myself. Yeah. But do you really think, like, there's a chance? Like, very few times in your life you think there's a chance, like, you did something that nobody else has done, whether you won money or not. I believe that I might be the only guy on the planet that picked those two players to win the golf tournaments over the last two weeks. Hmm. Like, I, like, I, I think, think there's an off. actual fair chance that I'm the only guy on planet Earth hmm. 
that picked those two people to win the last two golf tournaments. And by the way, a lot of people do pools. Casey knows this, or do like fantasy, or do whatever. That like you can pick like four guys or ten guys or whatever it is at your your arrangement. Like the way we do it, we pick one person. Yep. Like yeah. that's it. Like yep. we pick one person. This is like a pool of four. And so I, 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 I'm, I know I'm bragging a lot here, but I'm also like, I'm curious to know, and I'll never know, if I'm the only person on planet Earth that just accomplished this feat the last two weeks and has nothing to show for it other than a radio show I can brag about it on. Well, I want to know who goes to. I want to know if I'm the only person on Earth in this galaxy. Who just accomplished what I accomplished? Well, I, because I, I seriously who, who think that's, that? how, that's how goofy it was that I picked that's them like, both right. That's like when I stopped my 360, you know, this past winter <laughs> in Wisconsin, I didn't think to myself when I stopped that 360, hey, you know what, Austin? I'm so impressed with myself. I wonder if I'm the only person to sack Drew Brees and do a 360 <laughs> in their lifetime on a snowboard. <laughs> Just, well, you, it, you should. It, it takes. You should. Well, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, listen. There's no. Listen. You, you have played in the NFL. You're like a one percent guy. You, yeah. you fight in a cage like for a living. You wear like a cupid diaper on a morning show. Yeah. Like, you do the things that like a lot of us aren't going to be able to do. Sure. And so, like, there's not. There are people that do radio shows. There are people that wear makeup for a living or on TV. There are people like that have played Division Two baseball. Like, there are people that have done these things. This seriously might be my biggest claim to fame, like, ever. I like it. Hey, real quick before you jump in on the AW, because I know you're waiting. Oh, no, it's all good. I've taken back by this conversation. I love this. Uh, Brent, back to the actual golf. While he's patting himself on the back, I'll throw this in. Sure. I was very impressed with Brent today. He carried the team. Yeah. Rumor has it, when we were done, we were in first, or tied for first. Oh, really? Right, Brent? Oh, really? I haven't checked. Do you I, win something? I have. There's, there's like a trophy or something. Yeah, well, oh, bring it in here. It's a golden typewriter. Well, I, don't bring know, it in I don't know if we're going to end up winning, but I remember somebody when, will cheat, man. Like, I don't we know didn't what we ended up with. Not, not, not a lot. I will say this: Casey watched a display of golf by me today. Yeah. That was might have been like my best performance ever. Hmm. I was impressed. Like Good I, stuff, huh? Yeah. I made yeah. four legit yeah. birdies today. Dang. Yeah. And and probably should have made. At least two more. Well, it really makes you wonder. In the entire Milky Way galaxy, <laughs> how many people today have made four birdies and then come on a sports radio show and talk about it? It makes you wonder. Well, there's not a lot of options. Well, I'm just saying, Casey. Casey, hey. it makes you wonder. Hey. Yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah. Just make me into an NFT. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, make me and Bulky into an NFT. There you go. Maybe it'll like be worth it. something. I like it. Get on that, Delphonic. <laughs> um, all right, uh, enough bragging, but it is. That was crazy over the weekend. I couldn't believe when Hoagie won it. Um, but can't wait to. Hey, by the way, I told Casey this. Find me the website. I don't do this, but find me wherever oh, I got to yeah. put $100 on yeah. Wednesday's pick. Okay, oh. because I'm putting money on it. I know I'm not going to win, yeah. but I'm not doing this again. Like, if I, I've won three times now. And so I'm going. I'm putting. I don't care if it costs me five grand for the year. Like I'm. I'm now putting a hundred dollars every time we. Casey, can you find a website that can do that? Yeah, he looks me dead in the face today and says, "Hey, like, what are those websites where you can like put money on the stuff?" What? I'm like, "What, what are you talking like, about? There's hundreds." Yeah, the fact that he doesn't know. I know. What are you? What are you yeah. trying to? Are you, are you wired? Well, no, but there are some. Like I looked up the. Um, I'll give you an example. You know what I looked up? Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. This will be good. Cause. Uh, when I was told about Hackett in the envelope, 
<laughs> okay. So I looked up and I was like, I wonder what his odds are. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to put money on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this is ethically, morally, whatever, correct, but I was thinking about it. Yeah. And I, I think I might even ask you guys, but I couldn't find anywhere to put. Like, everybody says that the, in Vegas there's odds yeah. on these coaching hires. Well, I, I couldn't find anywhere to put on well, it. Well, you, you didn't ask us. We could have got you there. But Probably I think good thing you, you didn't ask told, us. I think you guys told me, like, the site that you knew of or whatever didn't have it. No, and there's so, a site. So now I'm wondering, like, even yeah. the golf guys, like, I see these golf odds, like, on CBS Sports or whatever, and I'm like, okay, well, where do you get it? Where do you put it? Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it off there unless they want to pay us to talk about it. Well, that's a good point. Don't yeah. mention them. Yeah. But, yeah. Hey, but I mean, I, it was a legit question. I'm like, all right, it's time to start putting 100 bucks on these things. I like or it. at least like $25. Whatever. Oh, no, no. Put, put 100 bucks, live a little bit. It's going to be a lot of baseball or it's a lot of car, football cards uh, football if you win. Football cards, yeah. It, it was, adds to the budget of the show. Yeah. When he did it today, it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, like, Brent is just zero swag. Like, oh, really? like, it was just one of those moments where it's like, oh, you know, he's playing good golf. I'm like, Brent, you know, the swag's going up. He's like, Hey, where where do you do that kind of stuff? Like are, placing well, the bets. Hey, I'm are, like, what, uh, Brett, Are you talking? Are you about? wearing a wire? Are you trying to snitch on Casey? What are you talking no, about, just, Brent, just, You you know these websites. Come on well, now. I know some of them. I know okay. the Bovada, and I know this like. What are we doing? I used to. Hey. When I, I don't say it. When I used to do this other one, like uh, back in the day, it was like click and gamble or something. <laughs> Hey, what happened to them? This is this is the scene in the movie where they tape the wire to somebody and he's going in and trying to get receipts. Casey, don't say anything. Wait, wait till your lawyer's present. Hey, wait till your lawyer's present. I don't know what he's getting at is right that now. Illegal? But I don't like this, man. I don't like this whatsoever. I'll need hey, a lawyer, the statute though. of limitations on that one are way past. So, like, way past. It's been that long. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, we'll talk off air. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Do uh, you want to get in any AEW? How was it? How is it? Everything well, cool? Yeah, well, speaking of break, Brent, you know, someone's going to break down the forbidden door this Wednesday as there's going to be a special uh, new wrestler, uh, maybe the face of AEW rumored to be uh, coming this Wednesday. So stay tuned to that. Oh, a little teaser. Tony Khan teased it this Wednesday on Dynamite. Hey, can we get an odds on Doug Peterson ever appearing on AEW? It's got to be good. You think yes so? Yes minus what? See, I think I'd go with the, I think it's going to be yes is like plus something. No I, I, way. You're, you're going to follow the Urban Meyer blueprint, man? Doug Peterson, like, he's, like he seems like Kawhi Leonard. No, he's a fun sure. guy. For you know sure, what I'm but saying? Do you want to follow the Urban Meyer blueprint? You could do it better. Uh, I, I would put him at like plus 175 that he does minus 220 that he doesn't. Wow. Ooh, nice. 220. How about that? I like that number, yeah. Wow. I'd go plus just for fun. Yeah. All right. We'll be back live from TPC Sawgrass, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Back to the football talk. Your calls welcome, 904-362-9901. What do you think about the news conference on Saturday? Doug Peterson going forward. We'll be right back. I went from Saskatoon to Winnipeg. And you won. I won there. It got me in the Canadian Open the next week and uh, was in Vancouver at Shaughnessy. And that was a wake-up call real fast as far as how tough the golf courses are on the PGA Tour and how good everybody is. Um, I missed the cut pretty badly that week, but that was a big experience for me, um, seeing the type of golf it would take to play out here. I think more than anything, when you start playing with PGA Tour golfers, it's, it's eye-opening that the shots aren't necessarily that much better, just the, the misses are so much better, and uh, they really manage their games well, so that was eye-opening for me. 
That is Tom Hoagie, I believe, after winning the AT&T Pebble Beach yesterday and uh, outlasting Jordan Spieth. Brent Martineau here at TPC Sawgrass. I know we were in first place, Casey, at one time. I think they were just announcing winners. I couldn't hang around for it. I doubt we won. I think we were 18 under uh, with our group, but um, I would say that probably didn't hold up. Uh, we were in first for a little bit, but we were also the first team out. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> a lot of things can happen then. Yeah, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Um, we'll see. But uh, it was fun out there today. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Hey, guys, uh, I always find this part interesting after a coaching hire where everybody starts throwing around names. And I kind of look at it a little bit like the front office people where, let's be honest, we don't. Like, do you know what makes a great front office person versus a not-so-great? And what we usually would say there is, is like, a, a resume of, like, here's what they've done. Well, if their resume is pretty darn good, they're probably not available for a job in the front office most yeah. of the time, you yeah. know? And so there's a little bit of a part of me that feels the same way about putting a staff together for Doug Peterson. It's like, okay. I understand people will want, let's just say, like a Pep Hamilton. I can see that. Like, there's some cool things about him. Like, he's done some good things. But, okay, why would he maybe be available, and that's a maybe, because uh, he might stay in Houston. Or, you know, is it the next up-and-coming guy that you can get excited about who's like a Mike Caldwell, right, that's being mentioned for the defensive coordinator job? Mm -hmm. uh, like Vic Fangio now, him being available, I think that you could get excited about because we know his history and he is actually getting demoted, if you will, from head coach to going back to being a defensive coordinator. So there's a guy I could get excited about, and for good reason. But I guess my point in all this, Austin, is I think over the next, I don't know, 10 days, we're going to get a lot of names thrown around. They're going to ask for interviews. Doug Peterson's going to hire this guy and this guy and this guy. And I guess I've just learned over the years not to get too excited about the staff until I see what the staff is producing. And that being said, I think it's massive. And I think it's been an overlooked part. You've heard me say this, and I'm sorry to repeat myself. I think it's been an overlooked part and an undertold part of the failure of some of the coaches in Jacksonville to put together the right staff. I think there are a lot of good coaches, but you've got to find the right chemistry, uh, the right staff for these players, the right scheme fits, everything. There, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And hiring is hard. Hiring can be very hard to find the right mix, especially when you're asking for this many hires underneath you as a staff that it takes to, to coach an NFL team. Um, but this is going to be a huge 10 days, Austin, I guess is the moral of the story. But I'm also going to be a little tempered in my excitement about every time they go to interview someone or hire someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still going to be excited because, you know, the, the, there's a few th ways that you can take this whole ordeal now. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, it's important because, well, you have to figure out a scheme right now because you have no idea you're going to be a 3-4 defense or you're going to be a 4-3 defense. And, you know, the, the two names being thrown around, Mike Caldwell uh, coming from Tampa Bay under that Todd Bowles defense, I think that would be more of a 4-3 defense. Assuming that he, that's what he's going to run like they ran in Tampa. Um, if you get Vic Fangio, a guy that I played for in Chicago, I know his defense pretty well. Got it all written down in, in my notebooks. Maybe I can bring that out if they hire him. Um, then you're talking about a more 3-4 defense, you know, and then that's what I'm a little more keen to right now. But keep in mind, I mean, I think the defense right now is um, 
it's an open book, you know, where you, you have some key players. You know, you have a Shaq Griffin. You have a Josh Allen. But I think going forward, you know, you can be flexible um, in what you want to do schematically depending on who the coach is going to be. On the offensive side of the ball, it's different now because we've always been so excited for who the next offensive coordinator is going to be because we've been, we've been predispositioned to be like, all right, well, if it's Doug Marone running the show or Urban Meyer, like, they're not really going to be calling the plays. It's going to be somebody else. Now, Doug Peterson has made it known that he will be calling the plays. So it's going to be Doug Peterson's offense, you know, and then the coordinator that they bring in on the offensive side of things is going to be more of like, you know, that consultant, more of that guy that's going to um, help, you know, groom Trevor Lawrence along. So, like, when a name like Pep Hamilton gets brought into, into the mix, I, I do get a little bit excited because we're talking about a guy who's, you know, been a quarterback coach on, heck, one, two, three, I think four different teams. Um, and just recently was the quarterback in Los Angeles, the quarterback's coach in Los Angeles, uh, you know, with, with Justin Herbert. And you saw how Herbert did his rookie year with Pep Hamilton. And then he goes this year to Houston as the passing game coordinator and quarterback's coach. I mean, we had, at least I had, zero expectations for Davis Mills. And one could argue, and one could argue, that he might have had a better season than Trevor Lawrence. So I think, you know, in terms of resumes, I think Pep Hamilton brings a lot to the table just because, you know, he has worked a lot of quarterbacks. He has brought out some pretty good success in younger quarterbacks. And that's what you want right now uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So defense, yeah, it's all about scheme. It's all about how you envision these guys going forward. On offense, offensive coordinator, it's more about who's going to work well with Doug Peterson and who's going to get the best and hold Trevor Lawrence accountable. Yeah, I, I think so. So that being said, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Pep Hamilton front. Like, I get it. I also am tempering a little bit because of the Houston stuff. Could stay there, work with Mills. I mean, Davis Mills could be a big winner here, right? I mean, if they continue some of that continuity in Houston and end up keeping him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there was reason to get excited there. I also think the offensive side of the ball, I feel like Doug Peterson's going to have so much say. I'm not saying the other guys are not important, but I think he's going to have so much say that I kind of feel like, okay, he's got a lot of that covered. You know what I mean? Uh, but I do not, again, I don't want to dismiss the idea that the QB coach and the offense coordinator also work very close and need to work very close with Trevor Lawrence. So, so I get it. Um, I think the defensive one's interesting because I think if somehow, and I don't know if you, you would know this better than me, Austin, because you played for him too, but why do I feel like if they were to get Vic Fangio, I feel like, damn, man, that's pretty good. Like this guy... I don't know how great he is as a head coach, but he's a good foot. The more you read on Fangio, and I've read quite a bit over the last couple of, of months, I mean, he's a really good defensive guy. How do you feel about a guy like Fangio, and do you think they could land him? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they could. I, I don't know if there's really a relationship between Doug Peterson and Vic Fangio. I mean, maybe I missed that. Like, I'm not sure how much interest there is from his part. I don't know if he even wants to keep on coaching or take the year off. Like, I don't know where Vic Fangio is at right now. But what I do know is, once again, in terms of a defensive coordinator, the resume speaks for itself. You know, he, he had those storied years in San Francisco. Um, I think kind of helped rebuild that entire defense and made them a, you know, a very formidable opponent. Comes to Chicago, does his thing there. And, and by doing his thing in Chicago, it, it afforded him the opportunity to be a you know, first-time head coach in the National Football League. So I think when you talk about a guy who's trying to construct defenses, a guy who is very keen on knowing what offenses do and how to take away those weapons, uh, 
Vic Fangio is an opportunity when it comes to that kind of thing in terms of game planning and getting his players ready to roll. So I would be a huge proponent um, if he was interested. You know, if if there is some kind of relationship there with Doug Peterson, um, I'd be very excited if Vic Fangio came here as a defensive coordinator of the Jaguars. Listen, we know offensively they're going to run that's West Coast style offense, right? I mean, that's what Doug Peterson does. Um, defensively. How much value do you put on? And I understand you just talked to about a couple of guys from Caldwell to, to Fangio could run four three versus three four. How how important is that part of the equation here in Jacksonville, or do they have enough pieces or need enough more uh, more pieces anyway that they could cater to whatever scheme they run? How much do you have in the stock of the scheme here in Jacksonville, especially on the defensive end? Right now, I mean, see, like I said, it's kind of an, an open book in terms of I'm not sure how many pieces you are comfortable with going forward on this defense right now. You know, I mean, we can say Josh Allen. You can say Shaq Griffin. We'll see with Miles Jack. You know, I mean, who else am I missing here? I mean, Rayshon Jenkins, because you gave him a lot of money, but... Did you say Tyson Campbell already? Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Tyson Campbell as well. But, you know, I mean, when it, when it comes to secondary guys, like, yeah, in terms of zone or man coverage, but, you know, whether it's going to be a 4-3 or 3-4 defense, I mean, those those guys can be kind of interchangeable, I feel like. It's more affecting the safeties. Um, so I think it's a it's a blank canvas right now, and that's a, that's a good thing, and it's also a bad thing because I think in the past, and Peterson's even said this himself, you know, his, his offensive philosophy, while it is a West Coast, sometimes it does revolve around the defense as well and playing complementary football. And that's great when your defense is playing lights out. You know, you saw that back in, you know, when they're making their Super Bowl run. The issue is, is right now on defense, how confident are you with this personnel and with these guys going forward? I mean, it's going to take some retailing, um, some tinkering here or there, but I think that's going to be Peterson's big role, too, is trying to play complementary football because that's kind of been his M.O. since Philly. Uh, one more thing about just kind of the nature of what some of what we heard the other day, actually, and that is uh, Doug Peterson. It looks like he's going to be the guy calling plays. He wants to do that. Do you like that? Does that matter to you from a head coaching standpoint? Would you rather the coach not and be the CEO guy on the sideline? Uh, do you have a feeling strongly one way or another? Um, I really don't have a, a strong way one or another. I mean, I think some guys are, are extremely talented at that, and some guys it just, you know, it's too much on their plate, um, and, and they kind of lose sight of uh, managing the culture. I think Doug Peterson has done both in the past. He's very experienced doing it, and I'm very confident that he can, you know, once again, bring out the best in Trevor Lawrence, but also kind of have this offense clicking on all cylinders, which we haven't seen, it seems like, in a long time here. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny for me with Peterson is that's how I kind of envision him, right? I see him with the headset on. I see him with the card yeah. calling plays. Like, I see Andy Reid. He came from that tree. So I kind of like it with Peterson just because almost more like the aesthetics of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> than anything else. It just kind of seems part of what he does. And um, I do like that part of it. I think some of the big-time offenses have that so far, like McVay, and, and you can point to some others as well. All right, we take a break. Live at TBC Sawgrass Players Championship a month away, but we're talking a lot of football today and a Monday. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. My one-on-one -on -one conversation with Doug Peterson coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. I retired, you know, I became a, the ultimate fan. So the best part about it, just seeing these guys uh, smile and laugh all day, crack jokes and come together. A lot of people, you know, don't understand that these guys actually are friends and they know each other. So to be here and, and, and be a part of it, it was outstanding. 
was that? Stumped, are you? <sighs> Shout out to Brian Middleton for pulling all these clips. I didn't do anything, obviously. Wait, close? No. no. From the Pro Bowl. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. It's okay. No, he didn't say it. I'm just... That oh, was a I, I yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Pro Bowl captain, <sighs> Reggie Wayne. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Nope. Gosh, thanks for telling me. Nope. Would have been here all night. That was the plan. <laughs> hey, uh, everybody uh, seemed to enjoy that news conference. Well, not enjoy, but at least dissect that news conference the other day. And... Uh, uh-oh. Well, uh, no, uh-oh. No, nah, you uh, just missed some visuals from the oh studio. Forgot the uh, mic was on. I was proud. You were proud of the news conference? Yeah. Seemed like everybody, it was such an odd thing, man, because you're, like, when you're sitting there, I do think sitting in the room versus sitting, like, watching on TV or, or watching it later is a different feel. And so I was interested to see people's reactions to it. To me, there was a little awkward nature to it, but not crazy. Um, I asked, like, my family about They're like, oh, yeah, it was a little awkward at times, you know. So they sensed a little bit more of it. Um, and then, like, everybody, I think, really just wanted some Trent questions. That's what my feel was. So if you asked about Trent, I think they were like, hey, appreciate the question, which, again, that's nice. But that's not why you – I mean, to me, that was an odd thing, like, people saying that. Yeah. To be honest with you, the best question asked was by Mark Long because 40 minutes in, we got, like, revealed something we didn't know. They were restructuring the, the, the front <clears throat> office. Yeah. Like, it took a long time to to – get to that point um but i think at least we got something you know like again i think i said this earlier in the show if i was shot i would have led with that you know or, or yeah, at least yeah. come close to uh, leading with that and i think the overall takeaway was this wasn't the best of days for shot right um there were a couple of tough things that i don't think he I, I think by nature it's a tough thing to talk about if you offered the job to other people when the guy you hired is right next to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not making a, a defensive. I, I think it was awkward. I think – I also think it was a very justified question. It was kind of a simplistic question. I don't think it was a <clears throat> gotcha question by Gene. I just think it was like, all right, tell us a little bit about this process and mm -hmm. did you did, – did, were some of these things right? Well – we never really got the details I think everybody was looking for is, is the moral of the story and why I bring it up. No, for sure. Um, you know, and, and that's, like, to me, it was awkward because, and listen, I, I'm not in PR, so I don't know what the proper move was going to be. Like, the hard questions were going to come regardless. But to me, like, I would have almost, just if I was Shad Khan, go up there first and kind of bite that bullet and then introduce Doug Peterson. Because, like, you know, it, you're announcing the coach, and it's supposed to be, like, this exciting time. And it was still exciting, but then it's kind of, like, almost, like, tapered down and somber a little bit because you also have to address the stuff that went on to find that coach. So, like, if I was Shad Khan, I would have come out there myself, kind of explain what's going on with Trent Bulky and get all those questions on the table and then say, you know, with that being said, we're happy to announce, you know, Doug Peterson now as our head coach and then bring out Doug Peterson. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They, they chose to do what they wanted to do. I will say this, though. And, yeah, I, I was proud of you guys because you guys, you know, you asked the hard-hitting questions. I will say this. I hope you enjoyed the ice cream because you guys didn't get invited back on that yacht. So that time was done. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed the ice cream because I could see it in Sean Khan's face. He's like, oh, oh, this is how we're playing it? Yeah, no. Hey, go ahead and eat your free ice cream because you ain't coming back on my yacht again. Yeah, I, I really do. 
Again, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I, that's an uncomfortable thing to be like, to hear from everybody like, hey, I think we, I think the media does their job a lot. And, and I, I've said this throughout this process. I said this about the James Robinson thing. And I've learned some things over this. I don't know why it took me 20 years. But I do think fans sometimes, and we, not just fans, but I think when people hear what they want to hear, like, I think that registers with them. And, and that could be in any walk of life, not just a fan. And so it's not a negative thing. It's just like I think that registers. I think that bounces like, hey, I wanted somebody to say something about Trent, right? Like, or I wanted somebody to – I wanted James Ro- – I wanted somebody to tell me that James Robinson was benched. Well, James Robinson had to say it because the coach wouldn't. He danced around it, you know? And so I think, like, there's a, an element of that in play. And so it was a very odd thing to see that, like, after the news conference, everybody was kind of commenting on, like, the questions asked at the news conference. Like, I just thought that was kind of – I thought that was unique in at least my experience of, like, we don't usually get graded on the questions we ask in the media, I don't think. No, but to me, it was the, the first time – where I think the media and the Jaguars fan base has has been in sync more than ever. Now, it's happened before, obviously. Um, but, like, to me, I guess since, you know, the, the whole tanking thing with Trevor Lawrence, where we were all pretty excited to get Trevor Lawrence there. I mean, since that point, but, like, everybody's in sync now because you got to realize what you're looking through, what lens you're looking through. If you're part of the media, yeah, it sucks to cover a team with so many bad optics, and it might be good for ratings after a while, but it eventually it just gets exhausting. But guess what? In some capacity, you get paid for that. Like, that's your job. That's the media's optics. That's the media's lens. On the other side, you have a fan base who it's really their choice to put their time, energy, and most importantly, their money into the product, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's been frustrating the past decade. So you have two different lenses where people might be frustrated with. But for the first time, those lenses combined, and it was like, hey, the front office right now, upper management, they're not necessarily doing things the right way, and we have to get some questions answered. Now, whether it's going about it, you know, whether it's the, 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 the clown emojis on Twitter or it's the media asking the hard-hitting questions, you guys were sharing a brain. The, the fan base and the media were sharing a brain. And what that brain was saying is, hey, we're both questioning what's going on right now with the chain of command because it's not supposed to go like this. Yeah, I like your perspective on it. It's pretty good. And it also goes back to what I've said countless times. Something needs to turn. Nobody was defending the organization the last few months because, quite honestly, I'm not sure there was anything worth defending. And the Jags need to fix that by getting better and doing better. And I think also that they were a little bit more transparent. They might be building better equity even with the fan base. And so that's why I tweeted the other day. I think uh, even during this process, the media could have been better. I really believe that. I'm not going to deep dive into that. I just believe that. Um, And I also think the Jags could have been a lot better in this process. They let this boil to a point. Um, And not one person, but overall they. Let it boil to a point where, like you just said, Austin, everybody was just throwing darts, man, and jabs because, well, it was the only thing left to throw, yeah. <laughs> you know, and find answers and what's going on and fix this thing. It's enough, right? And so, uh, well, we hope Doug Peterson is a part of that. When we come back, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Doug Peterson, one-on-one after Saturday's news conference. Maybe some things you haven't heard yet. When we come back, football at 5 on ESPN 690.